in our articles of faith, we're now ready for the sixth statement make, and it is concerning the eternal purpose of God. We believe that election is the eternal, personal, unconditional purpose of God according to which He graciously regenerates, sanctifies, saves lost sinners. That being perfectly constant with the free agency of man, it comprehends all the means in connection with the end. That it is a most glorious display of God's goodness being infinitely free wise holy and unchangeable it utterly excludes boasting promotes humility love prayer praise trust in God active imitation of his mercy it <clears throat> excuse me it encourages the use of means in the highest degree that it may be ascertained by its effects in all who truly believe the gospel that it is the foundation of Christian assurance and that to ascertain it with regard to ourselves demands and deserves the utmost diligence. As you can tell by that statement, It says a lot. We will try to cover most of it in an effort to. The eternal purpose of God. Eternal. What do we mean when we state eternal? We believe that election is the eternal, eternal. The word eternal, if you look it up in a reliable dictionary, I prefer the 1828 Webster's Dictionary. That's what I mean by reliable. 
I don't know about the modern dictionary. But the word eternal means forever. Enduring forever with without beginning and without end. God is eternal. He has endured forever without beginning and without end. The mind of God is eternal. Just to get off track a, a moment, thought crossed my mind. Out in Silsby, Texas, where Joe Newell's the pastor, had a conference a couple weeks ago. Brother Hilly was out there, one of the speakers on the conference. But they were assigned the parts of God, the, the back of God, the hand of God, the feet of God. You get the idea. Well, the mind of God is eternal. That means the mind of God, everything about God is eternal. That is, it endures forever, having no beginning, having no end. That's who God is. It's hard for, for us to know because that's not, that's not who we are. We had a a beginning point. We're not eternal. We're not. We are finite creatures. That means we have limits. Even though some of us may act like we know all things, know everything about everything. We don't know all things. We are finite in what we know. We're finite in wisdom. We're finite in knowledge. We're just finite creatures. There's a limit to our wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. There's a limit to who we are and what we can do. But not so with God. God is eternal. The purpose of God. So that tells us that God's purposes, His, His will, His purpose, His decree purpose is eternal. As He is. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians in chapter 1 and verse 4. These verses that we'll be looking at in here in Ephesians chapter 1, they, they have a lot to, to tell us about the will of God, the purpose of God, the decreed purpose of 
God. And as I, I remind you as we read it, keep in mind that this is God's will, this is His decreed purpose, and God is eternal. And that's in line with our topic, the eternal purpose of God. Verse 4, a beloved verse, According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us, predetermined us when before the foundation of the world verse 4 predetermined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure according to his good delight According to his good purpose <laughs> of his will. That word will there simply means of his decreed purpose. <laughs> purpose which God purposed and decreed it to be so. To the praise of the glory of his, his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he that abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, that, <laughs> that decreed purpose of God, which was hidden, and hidden to men, he hath made known to us. God. If he had made it known we would be as other men and we would be yet in our sins and trespasses but he has made it known to us according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed purposed decreed stated in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in whom in him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. 
according to God's own decreed purpose and will. He worketh all things according to His counsel. God's, the eternal God, the sovereign God, the one who has forever existed, no beginning, no end. And so are his purposes. So is his purpose. As, as I said, that's hard for me to fully understand. That's hard for you to fully understand. But because it's God's Word, we must believe it. As I said, we are finite creatures. First Corinthians chapter 8 <laughs> shows us that we are finite creatures. Even in that which we know from the Word of God, no man knoweth anything yet as he ought to know it. <laughs> as he's going to know it. We don't know anything yet. As much as we love certain truths of the Word of God and, and, and surrounding our salvation and surrounding church truth and, and all these things that God has showed us and has revealed to us, we don't know it yet. As we all. Because we're limited. And we're primarily limited by who we are and by this flesh. It a lot from us. Now, our statement says we believe that election is the We just read verse 4, but we're going to read it. You and I, because God has showed it to us, we love the doctrine of election. But man hates the doctrine of election. And even some, many, Saved people hate the doctrine of election. And why do they hate the doctrine of election? Those that are saved, why do saved people hate the doctrine of election? Because they don't understand the sovereign God who has the right, the ability, and does choose as he pleases. And he's just endured. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, chapter 42. Isaiah, chapter 42, and verse 1. Behold, my servant... Whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. 
I have put my spirit upon him, he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. <laughs> so we find election in the even in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah. We find it in the book of Deuteronomy. We find it in the book of Genesis. God chose Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees. All those who were dwelling in Ur of the Chaldees and idolatrous people, Abram included, but God chose Abram from the Ur of the Chaldees. This passage tells us that the Son the Lord Jesus Christ is God's elect. And not just to the nation of Israel, but God's elect and salvation to the, us Gentiles. Praise God. If that hadn't been so, if that had not have been God's eternal purpose, you and I would not be here today. Not in this church house. Not in church capacity. Not as a saved individual. But praise God. <laughs> he chose his son. To be the door of salvation. Even to the Gentiles. As well. Turn with me to chapter 65. Chapter 65. And verse 8. We'll read verses 8 through 10. Thus saith the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one saith, destroy it not, for a blessing is in it. So will I do for my servants' servants' sakes, that I may not destroy them all. That verse there tells us God has, has chosen not to destroy all the people because all are sinners. <laughs> But he's chose some that are going to be a blessing. There's a blessing in them. And they're blessed of the Lord. So that he's not going to destroy all men. But all who do not believe be destroyed. And I will bring forth a seed out of Jacob and out of Judah, an inheritor of my mountains, and mine elect shall inherit it, and my servants shall dwell there. And Sharon shall be a fold of flocks, and the valley of Achor 
a place for the herds to lie down in for my people, for my people that have sought me. His people. He has a people that he elected, that he chose. Not just of Israel, but of Gentiles also. And if they are of faith, as Abraham was of faith, then, according to Romans chapter 4, are the Gentiles also of the seed of Abraham. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that something? Isn't that wonderful? Again, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, according as he hath chosen us. Who is he speaking to? He's speaking to the church at Ephesus. Who is the church at Ephesus? Well, they were saved people in the church at Ephesus. And he's speaking concerning the saved then. According as he hath chosen us, saved people. Before the foundation, he chose us. What is God's choosing? It is election. What is election? Election is God's choosing a people to salvation. That we should be, let this sink in. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That ought to move me. That ought to move you. Because God chose me before the foundation of the world to be saved. He chose me unto salvation by Christ Jesus. And He chose me unto salvation to be holy and to be without blame before Him in love. That ought to move us. That ought to move us to do the best we can do to be holy before Him. Read the Word of God. Obey the Word of God. Do the Word of God. I get so fed up with the mentality of the saved world today. And they want look at scripture and they want to look at it all with a critical eye and they want to tear it apart and try to analyze it and, 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 and try to make it say something that it does not say because they don't want to be bound by its precepts. Are we to be holy or not? And we think it's some kind of alibi to say, well, ain't nobody down here that can be holy. We're still in these sinful bodies, and we know we're going to sin. So we're just going to give up. That's a defeatist attitude. 
That's a fatalistic attitude. God called us to strive, to labor on perfection. His, his standard is be holy as I am holy. The standard is, is in Matthew chapter 5 and in verse 48. As therefore your Father which is in heaven is perfect, so be ye perfect. Yeah. Now we're getting off sanctification. Election. But is there in that verse I had to say? Turn with me to Acts. The book of Acts. Chapter 13. Verse 48. Another verse I love. It really, really explains who it is that's going to believe. <laughs> this verse tell, tells me there's a people believe that were chosen to believe before the foundation of the world. And they're the only ones that are going to believe. No one else. Acts 13, 48. And when the Gentiles, ah, Paul and Barnabas went to the Jews first. That was that was their operandi. That was their the way they worked. They went through first. They 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 practiced what they preached to the Jew first, and then to the Gentiles. They went to the Jews first. The Jews did not receive the word, so they turned away from the Jews because you will not believe our report. Will you? You will not believe. We turned to the Gentiles, and they went to the Gentiles. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained. That word ordained there means appointed. They were determined. They were appointed. They were appointed of God to eternal life. God, before the foundation of the world, chose them and appointed them to have eternal life. They believed. As many as were appointed. No others. No others. There's no, there's no chance of through your preaching and, and, and preaching the gospel and declaring the gospel to folk and, and pleading with them to repent and believe the gospel. There's no chance that you're going to get one person into heaven that doesn't belong there. Only those whom God chose, ordained, appointed them to eternal life, I don't believe. They might not believe today. They might not believe tomorrow. 
But they are going to believe. And they are going to believe through the preaching of the Word. That's the way God's ordained it. So, turn with me to the book of Romans. I know we know these passages of Scripture. And if you're like me, you love them dearly. But let us not go to seed on them. You see, to go to seed on it is to become hard shell and not declare the gospel to anyone. Because God's chosen a people and, well, they're going to be saved. Doesn't matter whether I tell them or not, they're going to be saved. Well, yes, it does matter because God has ordained that they're going to be saved. He's ordained the means by which they're going to be saved. They're going to be saved through the preaching of the gospel. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Who is it that loves God? Who are the called according to His purpose that He's talking about? Well, He goes on to explain who they are. For whom He did foreknow. That word kind of means foresee, but it's not the kind of foresee that men think that foresee is. Men, men today, men have a tendency to think, well, foresee, that means God, God could foresee ahead of time. And so, because he could foresee ahead of time that stuff one was going to believe, he chose it. <laughs> That's not what that word means at all. Nothing like that. It comes from two Greek words. One for, which means before, and one to know, which means he knew me before. Let's go further. The word know there gets deeper. The word know there is an intimate knowledge a husband and wife come together intimately and know one another. That's how God knew me. Before. Before what? Before the foundation of the world. Before I was born. That's how God knew me. Intimately. He knew me intimately. In other words, he knew me with love. As he said in the book of Jeremiah, chapter in verse 3, 31, excuse me, chapter 31 in verse 3. Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. That's what he said to Jeremiah. That's what he said to Israel. That's what he said to me. He loved me with an everlasting love. What did we say everlasting? What, what does eternal mean? Existing forever. No beginning, no end. There's been no beginning or no end to God's love for me. Now, that really ought to cheer us up. That really ought to motivate us. Considering... Considering 
the wretch that I was concerning sin, concerning the wicked man that I was and am. And God loved me. God loved me in me. That's, what's that do to you? Well, that, that ought to encourage us to do the best we can in service to Him. To live every day to His fullest in honor and glory to Him. Because He loves such a wretch as me. I hear preachers talk about the Apostle Paul and his statement he, he made about him being a sinner of, of whom he was chief. Chiefest of sinners. He's the chiefest of sinners. Well, if he was, Paul was the chiefest, I was right, a close second right behind him. <laughs> Listen. Oh, that's me. There's no greater sinner than I was. You know how bad Paul was. I can read some of his testimony, but I don't know how bad, how, how much worse than that he was. But I know how bad this fellow was. I know all the dark thoughts this fellow had. All the things that this fellow did and does. If you be honest with yourself, you know the same thing about yourself. For he did foreknow. <laughs> Love that word. He knew me intimately before the world was. He's eternal. Because He's eternal, His love is eternal. So His love for me was eternal. I can't explain it beyond that. I can't explain the eternal love of God for a sinner such as I. He also did predestinate predetermined, before determined, to be conformed to the image of His Son. This old wicked man I am. He determined before the world was that I should be conformed. Brought into conformity to His Son. The Lord Jesus Christ. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. <laughs> I'm glad that's in there. You see, God's election and, and his predetermining, his decreed purpose is not salvation. Unto 
salvation. His calling, however, brings to pass our salvation, which is just a manifestation that God decreed it, purposed it, chose us, predetermined it before the foundation of the world. That mystery of his will that has now been revealed to us. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called, and whom he called, then he also justified, declared to be righteous, declared to be innocent, declared to be without sin, and righteous, having the righteousness of God, the forgiveness of sins, and the righteousness of God, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. I know because of that last statement that one day I'm going to be in glory and I'm going to be, have a glorified body, a body that has been sown in corruption, raised incorruptible. It was mortal, but now it's immortal. As I stand before him, glorified. Oh, this glory that is to be for the saints of God. Chapter 9. Chapter 9. Another great passage. Just want to read two verses here right now. 23 and 24. And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore before prepared unto glory. That verse is declaring the election of God. It's declaring a choosing of God before, before the world was to be prepared, made ready for glory. Even us <laughs> whom he hath called not of the Jews only but also of the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Praise God again. It wasn't just to the Jews. It was to us Gentiles as well. In the book of John and chapter 15 and Verse 16, Jesus talking to his apostles, to his church there. And at this point, it was just the 11. And Judas had gone. And he said, Ye have not chosen me. You didn't choose me. We didn't choose him. It just 
with me and hear these preachers say, it's up to you now. You've got to make the choice. You've got to make a decision. That listen, man in his natural state, his sinful nature, he'd never choose God. So Jesus said, You've not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit. That your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. If you are chosen one, manifesting that you are a chosen one, going forth, sowing the seed, the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, bringing in fruit. And that fruit which God is pleased to save through the preaching of the word is fruit that remains and abounds to your account. You can ask anything you will of the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. And he'll give it you. Turn with me a book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter, chapter 1, and verse 2. My goodness, Mike, did you speed these clocks up around here or something? Usually, I know we were here working the last couple of days. I, I think you speeded these clocks up or something. Wow. Verse 2, 1 Peter, chapter 1. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God. There's that word foreknowledge. There's that word elect again. I'll tell you what. When God shows election in the word of God, you can see it everywhere, can't you? It's just, it's just there, just plain. What do men do with that? Election, choose, God choosing, <laughs> God ordaining, God predestinating. It all goes to his election. Wow. How do you deny it? Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience, and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. There again, we see the eternal purpose of God. And it is concerning election. Concerning election, and it is eternal, as God is eternal. Second uh, Timothy, Second Timothy, chapter two. Try to wrap this up here fairly quickly. Second Timothy, chapter two, and verse ten. Therefore, I endure all things Apostle Paul speaking 
yes, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to the young preacher Timothy. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sakes. Paul was not hard shell. Paul preached and taught the doctrines of grace. That's where we learn most of it from. It's the pen of Paul. And he was not hard shell. <laughs> he said, I endure all, all the things I've endured, the, the persecutions and the imprisonments and the shipwrecks and, and, the, and, and the beatings and, and all these things I endure for the elect's sake. Well, Paul, if the elect are chosen to salvation and, and it's the eternal purpose of God and, and God is almighty and, and none can, can turn back the purpose of God, then they're going to be saved. What difference does it make whether you tell them or not? They're going to be saved. It matters. Paul realized they were going to be saved by the preaching of the gospel the same way he was saved. Because he, he was there when Stephen, that day that Stephen was preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and those Jews ran upon him. Saul of Tarsus was there, consenting to his death. And try as he may, he could not get away from the Word of God. And the elect of God, try as they may, they can't get away from the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And one day, it's going to affect salvation. You know. That they may also obtain the salvation with Christ Jesus with eternal glory. That word obtain is, is bring to pass effect. There's why the Apostle Paul endured all things for the elect's sake by preaching the gospel to bring to pass, to effect their salvation which is in Christ. Not in Paul. It's in Christ. He preached Paul, preached Christ to him. Turn with me to Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. Verses 2 and 3. In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. There it is, eternal. It was in eternity. 
It wasn't after the world began. It was before the world began. Before God ever created anything. Eternal. Had no beginning. Had no ending. As God has forever existed, so did his purpose. For mankind. And I know that's hard to understand, but we must believe it. But half in due time. In due time. At the appointed time in our life. After creation. Manifested. His word through preaching. Manifested his word through preaching. Which is committed unto me. According to the commandment of God, our Savior. One more, Matthew 25. Verse 34. This is at the judgment of but I want you to notice the eternal purpose of God in this. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared, prepared for you, from the foundation of the world. That, when you see that phrase, that's talking about before the world was created. This was prepared of the Father for them. So even in that, we see the eternal purpose of God. Well, we'll...